and welcome to Crafts and Crime. I'm Amy. I'm Elaine. And as always, we have a craft and a crime. Whoop whoop. And we are, well, I am actually hearing <laughs> correctly now. We bought the right cord. Although I did buy it and it came in the one the one foot instead of the four foot. Oh, and, no. And I ordered I didn't remember that part. Yeah, so I still need to return it. It's in my car. But, um... Yeah, I can actually hear. Yay! <laughs> so we're getting it together. It only took what since April to realize something was off. But yeah, yeah. So we are actually recording kid free completely. It's gonna be one of the cats now. I know it was. <laughs> Calvin doesn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> He's literally running around, just making noise, like meowing. What a turd. I know. Although that... Poor baby. That was really cute when he came with the crumpled up paper. Oh. Or the paper and he just wanted to play fetch. So, yeah. One of our cats, he's the... I think he's the youngest. I, no, Frankie's younger. <laughs> um, Yeah, he is the sweetest and lets Lily do whatever, unfortunately, whatever she wants with him. So, it's like... She'll drag him around the house and just like, I love you so much. And it's like, oh my gosh, be a little more gentle. This is my Kelvin. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he's just doesn't know what to do with himself. Not that now that he's not getting like aggressive 24 yeah. <laughs> aggressive love. So, yeah, but it's been quiet around here, but I've been working nonstop getting. <laughs> the it's a different ones. kind of cleaning, though, when you don't have kids messing up everything right behind you. Yes. So it's like a zone. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> I was really. And I was trying to you know take it easy because it was just you know me and jack all weekend yeah. and because my parents <laughs> took the kids um so we could get a little bit of a break and um and you cleaned the whole time and I cleaned. typical <laughs> i know yeah and our dishwasher broke and so i had a hand wash like two days worth of dishes because we were trying to fix it and we had to take everything out. <laughs> I'm looking at you like, oh, yeah, him yeah. Well, for there's two days. way more of us than there are of you. Not there's right now. Double the amount. We're well, still was, washing the yeah, you. because the dishwasher broke. Like it was full. That sucks. Is the and part so, coming soon? I don't. It shipped today, so hopefully soon. It was like a hose, and we went around, but it's like a special hose because <laughs> stupid. Samsung. Everything for appliances is quote unquote like a special order product. Yeah, a vegetable bin in the refrigerator is like seventy five dollars. Yeah. I know. And this stupid like, hose. I'll put a little Rubbermaid tote in my fridge. Thank this you. This <laughs> stupid hose is probably like three feet long. It's like not even a drain hose that you could just get at Home Depot or uh -huh. Ace Hardware where we went. It's this itty bitty little like four foot long, three, four foot long. No, it's, it's like probably two or three feet. I, I don't know my feet. Um, <laughs> holding up my hands. I was like, that's like eight inches. <laughs> Well, it's small <laughs> and it's a special hose that you can't just get anywhere. So we had to order it and it was $50. And so it should be here sometime this week. So we, you know, just didn't have the kids. So we just did all the dishes by hand and mm -hmm. took turns like <laughs> you wash, I dry, I wash, you dry. And um, yeah, so it was, we got, what was it? Yeah. Saturday was when my parents picked up the kids and Saturday we got our new fridge delivered, but it doesn't fit through the doorway into our kitchen so we, we had to take all the doors off it was kind of a fiasco but got the new fridge in and our house because these houses are really old mm -hmm. they are not made for these big ass appliances the doors no. are tiny yeah like you can barely fit like our size furniture in now <laughs> yeah i know that was like these little 50s houses when we had to move that fridge out to your garage and it was like is it gonna fit through that door because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just the doors are so small and that was like a basic fridge yeah <laughs> and we could have fit it without taking off the doors through the back laundry room area because that kitchen, you know, that laundry room area was an add-on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it and has, so a, bigger it has door. a bigger doorway into the kitchen. Yeah, seriously. We're not kidding. The doors in this house, they're like... They're, they're 30 inches. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we had to fit the fridge through. And that it sucks. squeezed in. Yeah. And, they're so narrow. Yeah. And so we could <laughs> have fit it. 30 I keep <laughs> Hands up. It's That's like 30 inches. <laughs> Sorry. Shut up. You're so cute. It's I'm like just... 30 inches. <laughs> I'm just holding up like as if I was measuring, but not accurately. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's why I use a tape measure. But yeah, it's like 30 inches. And so the fridge, taking the doors off, it was barely 30 30 inches. But yeah, I'm so happy. So new fridge and then the dishwasher breaks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We have, (laughs) this year, we have had to replace our washer, our dryer, our refrigerator, and our dishwasher. Well, we're not replacing the dishwasher. We got that one for free. Yeah, but a replacement part But a replacement part, yeah. So it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, what is next? Because our deep freezer, I thought, broke. But it just one of the kids unplugged unplugged it. it. Mm -hmm. And I saw a TikTok of someone who was like showing her deep freezer and it was like a ton of food and she was like now I get to throw all this out because my kid decided to unplug the deep freezer to plug in an electric pencil sharpener and I was like oh my gosh that would be that happens all the time with the back um in the laundry room the Uh kids to sharpen their pencil they'll unplug the plug that charges the vacuum oh no and works the um because it's like an extension cord Uh and the microwave so then I go to turn on the (laughs) microwave and I'm like what or I load a vacuum and it's dead Oh my god, put it. and then I look over and the stupid pencil sharpener's plugged in. So <laughs> you know, it's just always something. Kids over are here. so rude. I know. Put I'm it like, back. <laughs> seriously, it's like just put the pencil sharpener back and plug it back in. Because now my vacuum's dead. <laughs> so And all our food's rotten in some cases. Yeah. <laughs> I know we used to have the fridge plugged in right there. Um mm-hmm. and thankfully we oh, don't that's right. now it's all hidden we moved it mm-hmm. by the washer dryer but <laughs> we have yeah two fridges um we have the the drink fridge which is like a t- small basic it's what you have in your garage yeah. it's like a garage fridge but we also have a fridge in the garage yeah <laughs> <laughs> we have an actual beer fridge in the garage yeah but yeah so we've just been surviving mm-hmm. it's hot through. as shit still yeah it's like <laughs> night it's gonna be 98 today it was and we're in october so that as meant we're recording. it was Friday, it was Friday, nine, Saturday, we're both 99, uh-huh. and then yesterday was like it, six, 97 or 98, mm-hmm. and then today is going to be the same. We get one glorious, like, 77 degrees <gasps> on Thursday. Soup day. <laughs> it's like, Seriously. I'm, all, I'm like in fall season, so I want mm-hmm. the- I know I have my fall candles out, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't Your want. pumpkin beverage dispenser. Yes, oh it's so God. pretty. It's so cute. And Kurt was like, oh my God, it's so cute. What are you going to put in it? And I was like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> you could literally just put it in your fridge and fill it up with water. <laughs> just be all it's fancy. Pretty. Your fall. Yeah, it's exactly. pretty. <laughs> so- it does yeah. take up a lot of room. It does. And it, it's like a size of a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So, because it is a pumpkin yeah. like shape. I was thinking I would make like green or orange. Like, oh, I could do like, um, sorry, guys. <laughs> like an orange creamsicle float punch or something yeah. for our little Halloween party for the kids. Yeah. I just have to be careful Ooh. with that with my kids because of the dye. If it, anything, we've been trying to cut back. I bet you we on, could find something. On, yeah. We've been cutting out dyes which everyone dyes are bad for you but mm-hmm. um I definitely notice a difference in um you know my youngest son and daughter they both man they get crazy I mean they're already crazy but they are worse if I'm like they super get processed in, sugars and yeah if they colors. get into something that has dye in it it's like what happened and there was that <laughs> one morning that I um, it was on a weekend. It was like Saturday or Sunday and Lincoln was just bouncing off the walls, literally like jumping. You know how he does his flips on the couch. Mm-hmm. We've got like a big sectional and he'll flip and um, do somersaults on the couch. And I'm like, what did he eat? And Jack was like, I just gave him some oatmeal this morning. And I'm mm. like, what is in this oatmeal? And I went and look, there's red dye in it. It was like the strawberries and cream Walmart brand. Mm-hmm. And it literally had red dye in it. And I'm like, that's why why it, you put dye in oatmeal? Because they're like tinting the little strawberry chunks to be prettier because yeah. when you dry them, they're like mauve. Brown. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's trying to be nice. Mauve brown. Mauve brown. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love Aldi though. Mm-hmm. Sponsor us Aldi's. But it's because like. I literally just got I mean, Aldi's I get it. Way. It's not like the prettiest, but it's still really cute. No. Like their Fruit Loops and whatever. Uh-huh. And they have like, you know, carrot and plum coloring it's, and stuff. And it's it's like, like you can use mm-hmm. beetroot, turmeric. Yeah. Know, and they're, they're cute it's colorful mm-hmm. and they're still really pretty and they taste exactly the same yeah it's so. just they're not like neon toxic blue yeah that li- like um lenore went through this section of time when she was little that she had had so much fruit loops that her pee was like turquoise oh my god at one point yeah and because she was eating them like every morning i was uh-huh. like oh, okay never mind yeah, i was like that's too much yeah. or like if you eat um grocery store birthday cake that has black frosting Oh, what? Ooh. it's turquoise. Yeah, 
I'll take the freak out when you eat beets any day over there. Kurt has like, talked about that too. He, yeah, when, when you forget you eat beets mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh. One of his, him like, and his oh. friends had like a, like a smoothie juice that was uh-huh. like really heavy in beets. And I guess it was like you, one and two is yeah. red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you forget, it's a little scary and you're like, oh my gosh. Oh my everything's gosh. Everything's red. Crazy. like, oh yeah, I ate beets. <laughs> Cause I make that really good, um, the roasted vegetables that have the carrots and the uh, pearl onions, beets, carrots, like all the root vegetables, and then you do the sage butter over it, and oh, that's so good. But yeah, it's like the beets you forget, and then your hands are all red. And mm-hmm. I do love beets though. You oh, could pickled like, beets have it on your. Oh, I Kurt know. loves pickled beets, and he loves pickled eggs that are in yes. beet juice, which is weird because like he doesn't like eggs, but he'll eat that. Yeah, he likes those. You should try the, doing that with um. Quail, quail eggs. eggs. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll do a tiny quail. Little, eggs. Tiny little pink eggs. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cute. Fairy eggs. Yeah, I know they are so tiny, but see, really we talked cute. about birds, just not chickens. It was not quails. I did go out there today, and I had to. Um, well, yesterday I had to replace tubing for the rabbits' water, mm-hmm. and because um, Troy's not here, so that's usually what he does. It literally, literally takes like five minutes. You go out and fill up the feeders fill up the water and like done for all the animals and the quail i have one quail i'll have to show it to you it's so fluffy like a frizzle <laughs> but it's a quail and it's not like anything special but it literally all its feathers are like frizzly. it has that mutation yeah, which means it's, so it's baby you should like separate it to get like just the those eggs because uh-huh. i mean everything i've seen for collecting fertile eggs it's like they have up to like because we're not shipping them uh-huh. that gently on the counter as long as they're not messed with it's like t- seven days obviously the longer you wait but yeah. seven to ten days you can get seven or eight eggs and then know. hatch out little many, frizzle babies i have too many quail right now someone will buy them i know so anyways i guess we should move oh, that on. made too much noise sorry <laughs> just messed up with a microphone <laughs> with my chin okay all three of them <laughs> i'm just kidding i only have two <laughs> <laughs> okay oh. let's hear your clap well last night i had a lot because my face man that was like oh, you were- i don't know what happened i had an allergic reaction to something but it was just on my face and it was so swollen and red and tingly and stingy and oh, no. i was i sent you the picture and you're like you're so swollen i'm like i know it's really bad but i'm you better now thing. i'm better now my face just feels funny i don't it was i tell you it was cheap chemicals i sh- threw that out some floor cleaner fabuloso i hate it so anyways on to the craft mm-hmm. i had a really hard week as you know i my brain just that day did not work for me i you know everybody has compute. those days where just my brain did not work yeah and i got like writer's block and creative block and i just mm-hmm. was back and forth i had all these tabs open as i usually do and I finally was like, I want to do something fun. <laughs> and something that everyone can do. Tie-dye. Yay! <laughs> so this is a short one. It's actually going to be a short one. Um, so tie-dye is made, as everyone knows, by just dyeing fabric. But you tie it into different, you know, ways. And um, and you put dye on it. And then you <laughs> wash it. And Anyway, so it's like you twist, fold, pleat. You can bunch up whatever to make a pattern you tie it up with like rope or string or you know rubber bands typically so if you Mm -hmm. get a tie-dye kit it's just you know with rubber bands (laughs) and um then you can do different colors and different parts we did a tie-dye party um with some friends and it was pretty cool we did we had extra dye left over so i actually tie-dyed some uh uh bed sheets for lincoln and a pillowcase and so that was fun but yeah, they, um, Lincoln did one with like reds and yellows and he called it his lava shirt. <laughs> and <laughs> They remind me of those slushy popsicles, those uh-huh, cherry pineapple yeah. slush. I love those things. Yeah. So he did his lava shirt and so Cute. it's really fun, but, um, it, you can actually get like pretty creative with mm-hmm. the designs <laughs> and, um, so there are like other steps that you could do that I didn't know to like enhance the tie dye, uh, designs. Mm-hmm. So um you can like stitch or stencil which i'm like let's just die i guess you how know, does you it not about. like bleed out i think you just use a small amount mm. so 
that was crazy that's cool so some popular tie-dye designs i'm sure everyone has like one in their head you can think <laughs> of the spiral the you could do uh, it with a fork yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah mandela and of course the peace sign <laughs> so um these were very popular in the U.S. in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. I, you know, picture every hippie wearing a tie-dyed <laughs> shirt. And so a lot of tie-dyed products were, like, mass-produced. Yeah. And uh, for, you know, wholesale distribution. And then in the... So in the 21st century, tie-dye was more of a fashion statement and used as, like, art form. You express yourself yeah. through your tie-dye. And <laughs> I remember having tie-dye parties, like, and in the 90s you know and i <laughs> can remember some of my tie-dye shirts like i think i did one with girl scouts yeah i probably did too <laughs> probably. i think we did probably a sleepover somewhere we did tie-dye mm-hmm. i know i yeah but i had a lot of tie-dye <laughs> in the 90s Fun. so some uh of the most popular dyes are like household dyes like writ um, oh yeah yeah here in the u.s we have writ to help like dye your clothes like if you have black clothes, you can buy black writ dye. And, oh, because like, they're fading. Yeah, yeah, when your black shirts fade and mm-hmm. you can, you know, color them. Or if you have a bunch of white shirts and you want, like, to make them into a different color. You yeah. know, I have used writ dye when I had that large um, sectional. Oh, that was, like, too big oh my for my gosh, living room. Oh, my gosh, yes. The and down one. Yes, the down one where we get poked by the, the feathers. feathers. Gosh, <laughs> that was so annoying. But... um. They're pokey. Yeah. And we, me and my mom had bought uh, canvas, like, drop cloths mm-hmm. and sewed up the couch covers because That's they right. were falling apart. Yeah, and yeah. And we used writ dye <laughs> to dye them, like, a denim color because the base of it was, like, well, it was all faded because it was from, like, the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, like, a lighter denim. And so we used it to make the denim color. But, yeah, that was just writ dye. And if you have an upright, um, like, a top-loading uh old school like washing machine that fills up with water you could do it mm-hmm. in there that's typically what people do how does it not stain that's so weird i don't know you just do a, a wash cycle afterwards but um i've done it on the stove and like mm-hmm. my big canning pot and just really cleaned it afterwards for jack's black shirts and stuff mm-hmm. to you know but yeah so writ dye is a very common dye and you can use that for tie-dye um now as we know we have some tie-dye kits you just yeah on amazon buy a little tie-dye kit and it comes with like different colors you could do like primary colors Isn't that, it's like a powder or, in the bottom yes. of, and you just measure the water into the line yes so easy we get, peasy. yeah we get the little bottles <laughs> and it has the powder already in it with the color cap on top and then you just <laughs> fill it with water shake it up and you're done and um, you tie up and it shows you like usually in the tie-dye kit the little designs you can do and how to do it so um so my kids like I said did shirts and pillowcases shirts I think are most commonly done for tie-dye you know people have a tie-dye shirt but you yeah. can do big wall tapestries like you know all kinds of stuff so as we said all you need is dye that's appropriate for the type of fabric you're dyeing so yeah. like Typically, you you know most kits recommend cotton, a cotton mm-hmm. t-shirt, cotton whatever. Um, so this is the most popular type uh, to try to you know tie dye, and because it's the fibers in the cotton fibers hold onto the dye really well. Mm-hmm. But if you have stuff with synthetics or silks, like that's not really gonna hold the dye the same. Um, so yeah, if you have some old shirts or even pillowcases, <laughs> that's a fun thing. To get a tie dye pillowcase. If it's stained, tie dye yeah. it. Yeah, tie dye <laughs> it. I, that's what I did. I took um one of Lincoln's. No, that I bought new shirts for that. Oh, I'm thinking of when I used my Cricut to make um Troy's vote for Pedro. Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um anyway, so tie-dye is really simple so of course we have to go into the history of tie-dye and the earliest forms of tie-dye were found in the far east and they were from the sui dynasty in the fifth century in china and the ones that actually survived were from peru in the pre-columbian era dating to 500 to 810 
Yeah, 81080. It's so weird when I say these dates because it doesn't sound right. Yeah, it does. And and it's weird because it's I, I sorry. It's I looked at that before it, because it's the earliest like to latest. So yeah. it's backwards. Yeah, it's backwards. Because it's 500 more than, time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's dumb. Uh, it's rude. I don't like dates. <laughs> so these tie-dye designs were small circles and lines and the colors were really bright red, yellow, blue, and green. We talked about dyes. Oh, I know. <laughs> See, it's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> In Japan, there is a form of tie-dye called shibori, and this has been practiced since the 8th century. And there are many techniques that are used that are very labor-intensive, and some of them include stitching patterns before dyeing. Hmm. And a lot of these intricate designs were used for kimonos, obis, and other garments. I actually watched something where they were doing these pretty... I can't remember what they were called. They were some sort of garment... And um, they tie the string really tightly, really like in the fabric mm-hmm. before it's woven. So like the strips of threads, mm-hmm. not fabric, but the strips of threads and it's tied off so the dye doesn't go there. And then once it's all woven up, it makes a whole pattern. And so I'm picturing this Ooh. is like they're doing the same thing. They're using probably something that's going to make sure that the dye doesn't get on this part and to create mm-hmm. the pattern. And so I could totally picture like kimonos, you know how they have beautiful patterns. So they, um, mm. yeah. Um, the, uh, shibori can also be completed by wrapping the fabric around rope, wood, or something else to create a design. So basically, like I said, tie dye is just the patterns created where the dye doesn't go. Right. So, um, so the parts that are not exposed to the dye remain the color that they were originally and typically that is white. Okay. Um, so in Indonesia, the Java, the uh, in sorry, the Java, not the Java, Java <laughs> in Indonesia, okay. the art of tie-dye is known as jumpten. Mm. The technique for dyeing was combined with the technique known as batik jump, jumputen. <gasps> that first word is really familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, so what they do is they use wax resin with the tie dye and the whole process, um, the whole product is dyed before it was woven. So like what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. 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 So the, yeah, it's this pattern is then in what you weave in. So the tie dye goes all across Asia in different forms, such as like in the Philippines and China and there's Mm -hmm. different forms of tie dye, but they're all similar across the world. In Africa, in the West region, in Hasua, mm-hmm. uh, indigo dye pits are found in this region and in Kano, Nigeria. And these dyes were, it's so funny because you were talking about dyes and pigments, you know. Yeah. Um, and so in this region, the tie-dye clothes are popular in hippie fashion, <laughs> just like here. And they're produced in southwestern Nigerian. And this technique is known as a deer. And so I'm like, it's interesting. Tie-dye, mm-hmm. as we know, came to the U.S. and was really popular in the 60s and 70s and, <laughs> and even the 90s. But yeah. it actually came to the U.S. in 1909. Fun. And this became, uh, this came here because Professor Charles E. Pello from Columbia University got some samples of tie-dyed muslin and then gave a lecture and live demonstration of the technique used to produce the pattern. Oh. So tie-dye didn't, as we know, become popular until the 60s, but it was here, you know, before then. And it wasn't really popular until, as most things are, didn't become popular until rock stars like Janis Joplin, <laughs> John Sebastian started wearing tie-dye, and then boom, you know, it became right. really popular. Fun fact, John Sebastian did his own tie-dyeing. So these celebrities, you know, brought it. They were all high. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So then it was, you know, boom! Everyone started doing tie dye, and because of the access to writ dye, everybody could do it. It was super affordable, and so you know, you just get a kit, and so people were dying dyeing their fabrics tie dyeing <laughs> they were dying to dye so, their yeah, fabrics yeah. <laughs> and another form of tie dye that doesn't even tie <laughs> it's called ice dyeing have oh, you seen this i have a little yeah i was going to do it so basically all you do is you take your powdered dye and you sprinkle it or whatever on your fabric 
um, I was going to do a baby blanket because I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I could do it. Like it looks like space or whatever. Mm. And you sprinkle, you just put your garment, whatever, like a, in this case, I'll say a blanket and you put it in a like Tupperware, not Tupperware, like a Rubbermaid tote thing or yeah. whatever, you know, to hold it. You can scrunch it up, twist it, whatever, just like you would do a tie dye, but you're not tying it. Mm-hmm. And then you sprinkle the powder in the parts that you want. Like what's from the bottle yes so or just a box of it dye you can like, buy like the powder you sprinkle it yeah. where you want it <laughs> that's funny then, See, that's the part i never watched them do i've just seen the the final product yeah the after so, the bit yeah and so then you just have all your powder where you want the dye to go uh-huh. put ice over it wait for the ice to melt and then wash it as normal so cool and so it creates a different effect yeah just depending on how much water touches as it's dribbling Uh so it's more of a like a soft effect Mm -hmm. more without the harsh lines it's gonna be like a watery ripply yes so i want to do that still like we should get more tie-dye kits i know we should we could do tie-dye for halloween oh yeah we could we could do like orange and black would be gross but it the colors are going to do it anyway. If you do purple uh-huh. and orange, it'll do like a grody green. Mm-hmm. Zombie tie dyes. Yeah. Like, because even the, like the green and orange will turn like a weird, that, that like grody brownie. Mm-hmm. It'll look gross. It'll look all rotten. Yeah. <gasps> We're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just thought, huh, tie dye. We'll try to do fall and it'll look like corpses. <laughs> so we do like the red, green and brown. It's all bleh. It'll look like poop. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Someone had an accident. Okay. So that was it. That was oh, tie-dye. Yep. That was cool. <laughs> like I said, it was just a little short. It's. I felt like I'm just, you tie it, you dye it, you tie it, you dye it. Because that's what I do. But it's been around for a long time. I yeah. mean, like. I didn't realize. But then I'm like, well, coloring fabrics and dyes mm-hmm. and pigments have been around for a long time. So it's no yeah, wonder I mean, that people are experimenting. If you literally just take a garment and you think you're just going to dunk it in and leave it, it's going to make little pot especially because natural dyes are not gonna take super well um and then the mordant they use would have been pee and so you know it's gonna take differently and so they would lift it up and it would be probably something and they would correlate the two like well squish together like a little accordion Mm -hmm. and then it looked like that in between the fibers i can't remember it was like a dress or something that they were making and this guy creates these patterns and and the knots around you know they have all these bundles of the the fibers mm-hmm. um, that are going to be woven in and they're just really tightly wrapping this string around all these fibers and then dyeing it in different so basically tie-dye they're tying it That's and they're crazy. dyeing the different colors and then when it's woven the woven makes the pattern yes like when you're working yarn and as you're working it it works out the the pattern like, yes pat- yes okay, so okay. it's like these self-patterning long, but these long they strips that are identified by they the pattern and then they tie, you know, different. It's really cool. I could, I got to find it's the cool. video. So it's like blocking out these little chunks like they're doing like a grid. Yeah. Right? And, and so, so they're measuring they're, it by eye. They're pulled out flat. Mm-hmm. And then the guy, you know, they have the pattern and he's like marking it where like it needs to go. And they're tying it That's up. So cool. <laughs> dyeing it. And then it's all laid out after it's washed in these segments mm-hmm. that are then taken and woven in that order. And gotcha. to create the pattern. So it's like the it's extreme fun. form of tie-dye. Have you see, see, what I thought you were explaining was the one that I've seen, a, a form of pa- a pattern where they like do the little puff and then they wrap oh, it. Yeah. And then they did something because then they like bunch it up together uh-huh. so that those puffs are covered. It was too much. Yeah. There's a guy <laughs> that does these crazy designs on TikTok and I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I think my there's brain somebody in like one of the craft groups that I'm in on Facebook that seriously makes like a full big foot it's just like what how did that i don't understand yeah, i it. don't get it i don't I, think i can i can barely do that spiral thing <laughs> <The fork. laughs> i'm like <"Boo-hoo." laughs> yeah twist up your spaghetti yeah. you stick your finger in the middle and you just yeah. like push the shirt to the side and <laughs> i <laughs> and then tr- you know wad it up and it's never... the funny part is is like i've done like a uh, kind of a bleach tie-dye most people who like wreck their shirts do that Uh (laughs) and um and so like i've done like the rib cage Mm tie-dye thing Mm -hmm. but um it was not only it it was like one part first and then it just a squish and a spray so i'm like it's not really the same thing but i guess it sort of is it's just a really lazy version well if it's bleach (laughs) it's the removal of color yeah i used to I 
had a denim jacket that, you know, was all the acid wash or whatever, and you spray the bleach. And... <laughs> yeah, That's so funny. not tie dye, but I had a denim like triple layer ruffle skirt that was acid washed. I get it. We all <laughs> had it. We were all there. Yeah. Okay. Well, you wanna bring us on down? Yeah. Um. So even though I said I was gonna stop, I can't. So <laughs> oh, no, is it another Victorian? Maybe. <laughs> That's okay. I like it. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, like, I was literally telling you this. I'm like, they're all crazy and shitty. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this one was like, wow. And it kind of brings up, like, an interesting... Dip- I don't I don't think it's super long, so maybe we'll be able to talk about it at the end. But it's, like, those hot topic conversations. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a ramble, but, like, it'll all come together. <laughs> That's kind of <laughs> like me where I'm like, it is kind of crime, but it's not crime. Yeah, it's just, like, there's always something to it. And somehow we just get drawn to them. And you're like, I didn't really want to, but then I listened to it. And I was like, oh, my God, what? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Robert Coombs was born January 6th in 1882. So, like, right at the tail end mm-hmm. in Bethnal Green in London to his dad Robert Sr. and his mom Emily and uh, the year after he was born they had another son named Nathaniel and unfortunately Robert's birth was really really traumatic you know and they didn't have a great you know amazing meadow they were getting up there but they were still struggling so Mm -hmm. he had to have a forcep birth and the forcep birth actually crushed his side of his head in his templar area by his ears to the point where they were pretty sure that it had, you know, their skulls are soft and it had smushed the skull because it left visible damage. Yeah. Um, and by the time he got around um, three years old, he started getting crippling migraines. A little Aww. baby getting crippling migraines. And I mean, I know this is really rough, but the doctor was like, don't hit him in the head because that's the yeah. snooze button. Like, yeah, you have to be really careful. Yeah. And. Um, a little bit like at four and five years old, he was ending up getting prescribed a sedative actually because the pain was so bad for mm-hmm. him. And he was prescribed um, potassium bromide, mm-hmm. which um, uh, bromide is actually <laughs> nerd alert. Bromide. I don't even have to Google it. It's a it's like an extract of plants in the bromelian family like pineapple. Oh, and um, so that was given to him to help relax him. And it helped a little bit. But, you know, that wasn't yeah. much. His dad, Robert Sr., was a steward on a transatlantic steamer ship, and um, I believe it was called the France. Mm. And so he was gone for a really long time Uh because, you know, transatlantic, they're crossing the ocean. And so he's working on there. And so he's gone a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, when he was around, he wasn't a terrible dad. And, you know, the family was liked and well-respected. But Mm -hmm. Emily had the two boys on her plate. And um, so they kind of had to move around a lot so that Emily could have help back and forth between families and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. pretty common, you know, you need help. Your husband's gone a lot. Yeah. So they moved to Liverpool for a little while. And um, after just about a year or so, they wanted to move back to London. But Robert Sr. decided to stay behind. And it's not really like if there was a problem going on between him or Emily, I think it was probably work was closer from there and he was gone all the time anyway, yeah. but he took care of them. He always sent money. He wasn't abandoning them. Uh-huh. It was just work life. You know? Yeah. So when at this point, when they move, um, little Robert is only like five ish, six ish. Okay. And so his little brother, Nathaniel is just the year behind him. And at this point, London is plagued by Jack the Ripper. Oh. And so this is like, it's, people are yeah. scared. Um, he's not close to that area, but the Whitechapel murders, people are scared. Everyone's talking about it. It's in the news. Everybody's yeah. talking yeah. about it. And little Robert is like into it. He's mm. he's like, you know, wow, this is crazy. And so he's reading everything he can. He's like almost bordering on obsession a little bit. Okay. But at the time, there were these little magazines out. They were called Penny Dreadfuls. Uh-huh. And they were like a kind of an intro to comic books. But they were like morbid and mm-hmm. macabre mm-hmm. and dark. And people were dying and stuff. Yeah. And he loved them. So he's pretty little. But his parents didn't dissuade him from it. Because he's just reading. They're just stories. It, every, you know, it was a, yeah. it was a common They're thing. They're probably just happy he's reading. Probably, right? <laughs> um, because actually coming into our next little topic here, the thing was is that Robert and Nathaniel both went to school, but um, they, like, ditched a lot. They didn't stay around. Mm. They were kind of, like, troublemakers. They would try to, like, scheme people out of money, Mm -hmm. you know, quarters. and Well, it wasn't quarters, but, you know, little bits of money and things. And 
and, but they said that the thing was is that Robert was exceptional. Every one of these, they're really smart, really smart, yeah. did really well in school while he was there. But unfortunately, his studies were not his main priority. Yeah. And a lot of the times for kids, it wasn't back then. Yeah. And he quit school at only 11 years old. And he became like he was kind of like a helper to a metal plater down in the um like the dockyards. Uh huh. And he did that for just a little bit. And Nathaniel was in and out of school, kind of, you know, doing whatever his brother was going to do. Impressionable. Mm-hmm. Um, he was still really into his little dark and morbid Penny Dreadful books and clipping the newspapers and mm-hmm. reading articles and stuff. And he actually, which to us, we're like, oh, my God, you took the train alone? How far? <laughs> no. But um, he took a, a train to go watch the trial of the murderer James Canham Reed. And, uh, you know, again, it's not uncommon for children Mm -hmm. to ride the train alone, but it's just like he went out of his way to watch this like uh, murderer on trial. He Uh was like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so the boys are still considered troublemakers at this time, but they're not awful. They're just pains. Yeah. And, and, um, and at this point, dad is in and out of the house, but again, it's just he's got to work and so he has to take these trips back and forth Mm -hmm. and i'm sure he's working those entire trips so he's probably able to come back in a week or two and then he goes back out again Uh friday july 6th 1895 robert senior had left for another one of his work trips and he left enough money which was more than enough Uh enough money behind for the family to be enough for the rent that was upcoming and um you know groceries and everything that emily and the kids would need Uh and so what <laughs> Robert is like, hey, there's money that got left behind. And so mm-hmm. he takes a few uh, pence, which mm-hmm. is not that much. And he goes to the store and he buys himself a knife. Okay. And he hides it in the garbage can for a little while. And then he changes his mind and he takes it and he hides it in um, an unused chimney in the house. They actually had a nice house. They had a four uh-huh. bedroom house oh. with like a sitting room and stuff. They were not unfortunately well uh, you know they weren't bad off sorry yeah yeah and so he was able to hide it in a different room and he obviously had something in mind mm-hmm. well the very next day the mom um emily she beat the ever-living crap out of nathaniel and he later had told robert that um he's only 12 at this point okay. 12 and 13 i'm uh-huh. sorry he had told Robert that, you know, I wish I could kill her, but I can't because it's mom and stuff. <gasps> what? And <laughs> so it's really odd because Robert shares a room with his mom. So I'm guessing it's probably like the mom and Robert have a room and because the dad's not there. I don't know. It's weird because they do have a big house. I'm like, they have a big house. Why is he I know. It's mom? really strange. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so it's actually just later that day it was later that night right after nathaniel had told him that he wanted mm-hmm. their mom dead so it's later that evening i'm sorry early morning uh-huh. 3 45 a.m robert takes a truncheon which is like uh now i'm like is that like the trunch ball in matilda did that where they get the name from a truncheon is like a large like think of like a billy club bat so it's like a large thick stick you use okay. for protection okay yeah, uh, yeah like a home protection because yeah. a lady's not gonna have a gun under her pillow yeah, and stuff, yeah. so so he takes the truncheon and he bashes her over the head with it. Oh, my gosh. And he stabs her twice <gasps> in the heart. What? And then he just takes the knife out, sets it down, and he goes and lays back down in bed and goes to sleep. What? I know. That's not what I was expecting. I know. I know. So, so he kills his mom? Yes. Yeah, he killed his mom. And then he lays down. Yeah. <sighs> That is a psychopath. So the very next morning, he tells Nathaniel what happened. And Nathaniel's like, no, you didn't. So Mm -hmm. they go into the room and there she is still alive. (gasps) What? Like she's still kind of groaning. Like she's still there. And they just look at her and they cover up with a sheet and they leave and they lock the door. What? I know. They just leave her there. Um... Immediately after that, they go, Robert goes out and he gets quick lime so that he can go back and cover up the smell and in the bed. Uh, Yeah. And luckily for them, luckily, unluckily, luckily for them, there were like farm fields right by that had just got fertilized with manure. So there was Uh already a pretty grody smell going around. Oh, most of those areas smelled bad anyway. Yeah. They, They had like 
not great plumbing at yeah. all. Yeah. And fish markets is gross. Yeah. It's, it's going to take a bit. So he was like, this is going to be the easiest way because yeah. it's the summer. It's July. Ew. Even yeah. in Britain, it's still the summer. Yeah. So um, he took a gold sovereign, which was um, about what is the worth of a a pound back then a, a sterling pound uh-huh. and that was actually a really decent amount of money i looked it up and that's one of the things i mentioned before i have trouble trying to convert the money back then to what it's worth now yeah. because it's not the same so the easiest way i could find one gold sovereign was enough to buy like groceries for a whole week pay for like a week at a nice hotel hostel type of situation okay. what they called several sets of or several suits of clothes so you could get like a couple full it was a decent amount of money yeah, it was yeah. the money left over and part of it was for rent and so yeah. robert takes the money he goes next door to the neighbor and he has like the little um it's like her receipt book for rent yeah and he's like hey can you my mom had to go out of town we had a great uh, or her sister died and left us a whole bunch of money she had to go deal with that can you help us pay the rent so the neighbor takes the money gets him change pays the rent for him and like fills out the little Uh note slip so that they have it already and (laughs) the other thing they do in this amount of time this is their little break i know it's really (laughs) i told you yeah um, they go to a cricket match. They take a train because I looked it up. It is 12.4 miles away. So think of how long it would take a normal person now to go 12.4 miles. You ain't walking. Yeah, no. So they took the train and they went to watch their favorite cricket player play okay. um, a really important game. Because <laughs> that's the Because that's, that's it. Uh-huh. Priority. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. Um, they met up with a friend of their dad's. The guy's name was John Fox, and he had an intellectual disability. And so they mm. took advantage of this oh. by by telling them, like, hey, my our mom went out of town. Our dad's at work. It was an emergency. We couldn't go. Like, do you can you help us? We need to pawn some stuff for money while we're alone. And you could stay at the house and help take care of us. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? And so he's like, okay. And so he stays with them and he helps pawn household stuff to get them some money with, you know, an adult, uh-huh. you know, filling out the paperwork. And on July 13th, John tries to get a cash advance from the, what they call the cashier, which is like payroll uh-huh. at his job, his dad's job saying with a letter from Robert now saying that Emily was sick. The mother, Emily was sick with Bright's disease, which is like a kidney disease that uh-huh. went around at the time. And so that they needed um, four pounds to be able to pay the really big doctor bill that they had coming up. Okay. And, um... The cashier was, uh, his name's Houston, Houston, sorry, not Houston. He said that he would, but that they would have to bring a doctor's note and Um, and then that he would give them the money. uh So Robert forges a little doctor's note and everything and has, and he brings it on July 15th and he's like, okay, well I'll bring by the money to your house and give it to your mom. Oh God. So that she can pay it. Yeah. Because Robert has previously done this before and managed to get two uh-huh. pounds out of him previously. So he knows that this is a scheme already. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll give it to your mom. Yeah. So they're like, crap. <laughs> and so he leaves. They're trying to figure out something else. But earlier on the 7th, so, well, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, <laughs> just a little like a week before, uh-huh. they've been having the time of their lives, having this man take care of them, pawning almost everything in their house. That's crazy. And so neighbors have started to wonder, like, what's going where's on? Where's their mom? Yeah. So they get a hold of her, the aunt, uh-huh. um, not the, one the dead one. Oh. No, just a aunt. They didn't say aunt anyone. Aunt. Uh-huh. Yeah. An aunt of the family, the aunt of the boys, who's her sister-in-law, who's also named Emily. Oh. So I'm just going to say Aunt Emily, Aunt Emily and okay. their mom, you know. Uh-huh. So um, she shows up to the house the very next day that they had called. So it's the 8th of July. Okay. And there's nobody there. She waits another week, which I think is kind of weird because she didn't live far away. Uh-huh. But she waits another week and she shows up at 6 p.m. And uh, some guy opens the door that she has no idea who he is. Oh, and, yeah. That's the, yeah, John yeah, Fox, yeah. The, um, the man, the, their dad's co-worker really uh-huh. and he tells aunt emily story that the boys have told him because to his knowledge that that's true it's what happened yeah, yeah. and then he just closes the door and i don't she you know a woman back then isn't gonna force her way yeah in. and and so 
um, take she, him at his word, I guess. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to figure out what she's going to do. And so she comes back on Wednesday, the 17th. And at, at nine o'clock in the morning and there's no answer, but she is not leaving this time. She's super determined. So she waits around in town. She comes back again early in the afternoon. She comes to the door, she knocks, and she opens the door. So she's oh, so like, done. Unlocked. I'm yeah. guessing. Most people probably didn't lock yeah, their doors true. a lot. I mean, well, Jack the Ripper, Jack, but still. I was going to say Jack the Ripper. But it wasn't it. super close to where they yeah, were at, yeah. but still. So she, yeah, she knocks. It's open because she lets herself in. And she sees John Fox and both of the boys there. They're playing cards, hanging out. Just ignoring her. Mm-hmm. And... There's obviously a bad smell. Oh, gosh. She goes over to her her sister's door, Uh and it's locked. She tries to jiggle the handle. It's locked, and she's like, there's absolutely a smell. Um, She hasn't started panicking yet because who thinks, oh, she's going to be totally dead in there for, like, over a week. And so she leaves, and she... Is able to, she finds the landlord because what I'm thinking, I think it's like a tenement unit. So it sounds like you know like what's a duplex yeah so like your super lives there you Uh have a neighbor right next door everybody's connected Mm -hmm. because at this point um a neighbor has come next door and her name is mrs burridge Mm -hmm. because she's hearing stuff going on Mm -hmm. so she has the landlord and mrs burridge is like hovering Uh uh-huh you know looky-loo and like Uh people do (laughs) and so the landlord has given her the key and on emily goes to the door she opens the door and she immediately sees a body covered in maggots and a <gasps> swarm of flies busts oh out. But Ew. nobody had really suspected too much because there were more flies in the freshly fertilized manure yeah. fields. Yeah. So, yeah, there was like an influx of flies. Well, come on, we don't have refrigeration. You, yeah. It could have been like, oh, our food went bad and we, we're, we're little. We didn't throw it away. Yeah. You know. So obviously holy crap there's a problem mrs burridge runs and she gets her husband and he goes and he gets the police and the first person that shows up is constable robert that sounds so fancy <laughs> constable. constable robert thwart and he's able to show up at around 1 50 p.m this like takes a bit yeah she showed up early <laughs> afternoon yeah. i'm thinking that's like maybe noon well, they all the they whole s- time between mm-hmm. going having to a run neighbor, and find somebody the key, yeah. going back and that's forth and true. then trying to get the police it's like it probably mm-hmm. took an hour or so You're screaming down the dead body yeah so um you know they started an investigation in the area and one of the what they call a police surgeon who is their, you know, their forensic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their forensics doctor, the police surgeon, um, his name is Alfred Kennedy. He noted immediately the, like her, her head was the worstly decomposed. And I'm thinking because he bashed it. Yeah. Pretty, and so that makes it extra sad because like, there's probably a lot of trauma to her head area. Uh-huh. And so that was the part that was the most decomposed, but they obviously knew who it was. Yeah. Um, because of, you know, people missing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, and it's in her bed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Investigator George Gilbert is, you know, going around the room. The knife is right there, covered yeah. in blood. It's, you know, it's, they don't even have to look far. Mm-hmm. They find a boy's bloody flannel shirt that's just been tossed there. And there is um, the, you know, blood covered kitchen knife that's uh-huh. still in the bed. And then he had also found a letter written by Robert to his dad. And this is the part that's interesting because there's like kind of a misinformation. Uh One of the things I read was him saying that he needed more money because mom had really hurt her hand. But then another letter I was in um, some an article that I was reading said that he had written a letter saying that his mom accidentally killed herself. What? But. But that it didn't really seem like it implied that they needed him to come home to send money. Uh-uh. It was really strange. But yeah. either way, he had made up some ridiculous convoluted lie for his dad that made no sense. Yeah. Because he's 13. Yeah. <laughs> so um, during all this hullabaloo, little Nathaniel had jumped out the window and took off. But he's grabbed pretty quickly. Uh-huh. But Robert and John Fox are arrested. Uh-huh. Because and- how did John not know being there? I don't know. Um, And so, yeah, they, they figured, you know. Everybody in the house is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are all here with the dead body for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. 
So I actually did. I'm sorry, but I did not see where John was taken. Nathaniel didn't get arrested, surprisingly, for being 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but Robert was arrested and sent to Holloway Prison on July 18th, which is interesting because it's actually a women's facility because he was so young. Oh, it was like a. Him, it, but it was interesting because it was a women's and also a young offenders. But oh. he was the only boy that was there, and I think it's just because he was so little. They were like, like we don't just know put him put here. You. I'm yeah. we're afraid we don't know. So yeah, they put him there yeah and um during his time while he was there he had said that um he was hearing voices and things and they were telling him to kill his mother oh gosh and um his physician had you know did know and took note of the markings and everything and got his medical history Mm -hmm. and um had made notes about he had like when he would go into these headaches like his eyes would like boom wander all over oh, so yeah. like it was a real situation with that and the doctor actually did believe that um he could have had like a manic episode mm-hmm. and freaked out and killed his mom so these are things that he they're getting while he's in um he's getting evaluated while he's yeah. in jail and so his but one of the things that the doctor thought was really interesting you know as it's noted mm-hmm. is that he still is very childlike so it's not like he's like this yeah yeah, because he's you know he's all into crime and stuff he's actually like excited about being part of a trial even though it's his own but then he's crying because of his kitty cat he misses and like his Mm. mandolin at home uh, and stuff so he's still like very childlike and struggling with his emotions definitely has to be like the head and you know they always say head injury oh for sure but any Mm -hmm. i I mean so she has like a not even your brain hasn't even started outside of just barely keeping you alive. Yeah. And it's messed up. Already messed up. Yeah. And so that's, it's so, a bummer. It really not, is sad. Yeah. You can't like, it's not an excuse, but no. it, it is, um, it is very real. Mm-hmm. It, it cause, sure is. Yeah. Mental illness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unfortunately. And it's really sad. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really, really sad. So on September 9th, 1895, um, he, has started his trial mm-hmm. and his family physician dr john joseph griffith so many johns <laughs> johns yeah. and emily's yeah. <laughs> he testified on his behalf that about the headaches and the uh-huh. eye movements and that like there was no family history of mental illness except for mother's nervousness and hysteria they thought all of them were crazy <laughs> back then yeah. so even he was basically like but it's not that yeah yeah so he really he truly believed that um, he was basically a homicidal maniac that had lucid moments, but that he really believed that he just broke. Yeah. Um, and so they took that, you know, they took it into account because he was so young and mm-hmm. the jury really struggled with convicting him um, because he was so little. And so the judge they were like, yeah, he's guilty. And the judge was like, okay, well, the thing is, we can't hang him. So you need to go back and, like, figure something else out. Because he can't tell yeah, them to say yeah, yeah. he's guilty by insanity. But that's what they had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they went back. Then they came back out. And they, um, you know, guilty by their reason of insanity. Uh-huh. And since he was too young to hang, they sentenced him to an indefinite stay at Broadmoor Hospital for the criminally insane. Mm-hmm. And um, John Fox and Nathaniel were both found not guilty. They really, John was so mentally incapable that they were like, <laughs> he was locked out. He yeah, just yeah. was just like, whatever. So very yeah. s- simple. And they truly believed he didn't have anything to do with it. Wow. Yeah. And they found Nathaniel not guilty because he didn't do it. He didn't he, do anything. He, he, unfortunately, you can talk about wanting to kill someone. You just yeah, can't do you just it. can't do it. Yeah. So he was... You know, and I, th- I'm like I, I had told you earlier, like I told everybody, just you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have like in the sources, like the whole court trial. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool if you want to read it, um, because it's like totally extra. It's yeah, doesn't yeah, even, yeah, but it's it's crazy to read it. Uh-huh. You know? And um, so what ended up happening from here? This is the part that I told you. It's like it's all crazy, but this is crazy. And then I have like a thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So Robert was the youngest inmate ever at Broadmoor, and he only served 17 years as a model citizen. He was released in 1912, and he was only 30 years old. He immigrated to Australia because his brother was there. His Uh brother had joined the military, 
And so Robert wanted to be with him. And so he also joined the military and he fought in World War One. And he received a medal of bravery for what? he went on rescue missions and he was one of the stretcher bearers. So they oh, would put okay. the dead or completely mutilated dying person on the stretcher and he helped uh-huh. carry them out while being shot wow. at. Mm-hmm. And um, so he had, you know, finished his tour after that point. And after the war, he settled down and he became a music teacher for children. And he was actually really well liked in town. I know he adopted a nine year old boy and he was an amazing father. The boy had nothing. Nobody had anything but wonderful things to say about Robert. Um, he ended up becoming a farmhand and he worked that for a little while before I don't the way that they describe this I don't exactly know what this is but what I pretty what I think it is is he worked for a little while as a farm worker until he was able to save up enough money to get his own little patch and like uh-huh. a, he opened like a farmer's market oh, okay and when World War II came around, he actually re-enlisted, but he was already in his 50s. Oh, yeah. And so, like, they, they he got through the whole process and everything, and then he was medically discharged, uh-huh. probably for his head injury. Yeah. And he was, you know, the thing was, there were 50-year-olds fighting, but because yeah. of his head injury. Um, probably that in combination with his age. It's I'm like, sure, eh. yeah. They were like, yeah, it's, you're too much of a risk, old pop. Yeah. Sorry. Um, in 1949, May 7th, is my dad's birthday. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey. Robert died at age 67, having never married and never reoffending. Now, here's oh, the thing. Crazy. I know. So here's the thing. After reading a whole bunch and looking through different videos, like what was I going to use and stuff, some of the comments on YouTube were talking about, now, here's the thing. Here's my hot topic. The point okay, that I'm coming yeah, back yeah. around to. It's like, what if their mom did beat the holy ever living shit out of them all the time and he was just tired of it? A lot of children get abused and everyone thinks that they're not. Yeah. I know many people that have been abused and everyone thought that those parents were amazing and wonderful and they turned out to be intense abusers. Those people don't kill them. Yeah. But you just don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Could he really have just snapped? But he obviously planned it and they knew that he had. Yeah. He planned something. Did he intend to kill his mother with that knife or somebody else? And it just happened to be his mom. Or was he just a boy mom. who wanted a cool knife? Oh, cool. Exactly. Yeah. And loved his little brother and wanted to protect him. And so yeah. it's, you the don't mom, know. The mom may have beat the little brother because she couldn't beat him because of his head. Maybe. You're... See? Yeah. So and the thing is, the too, the doctor even said she suffered from nervousness and hysteria, but she wasn't mentally ill. They thought all of us were crazy. Yeah. You'd have PMS. You'd have your period. You were crazy. Yeah. And your husband could put you in an asylum for that. Yeah. So the reality is Ugh. she could have been completely mentally unstable. And the husband wouldn't know because he's barely there. He was never and around. so it's just the I'm boys. not excusing them murdering her. No, 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 no. It's yeah. like Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She's yes. getting released. And, yeah. you know, and it, you just... You don't know. That doesn't excuse it in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But very rarely can psychos, as you know, hold off those kinds of things and yeah. never commit a crime. Ever. Not even anything. And he was like a little thief as a kid, too. So mm-hmm. he didn't even steal money. He Well, and the fact that he's very <laughs> childlike, I'm sure he's not thinking about like the consequences of like the mom being dead right him doing oh that man isn't that crazy yeah i was not expecting yeah i'm not like he's amazing i'm just like what what yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, wow yeah it was like one thing after another i'm like Mm -hmm. what and i totally like just right now my brain is like sorry i don't know what happened to the dad (laughs) i know i was gonna ask i totally none of the articles i will update everybody i will look now because none of the articles i read said anything about what happened to their dad robert senior wow yeah well hmm. (laughs) he didn't come back probably like then what happened to the son you know his the youngest well nathaniel just moved on with his life he left as i said he immigrated to australia and joined the military but he was still a little boy yeah he probably went to go live with aunt emily oh yeah because his dad was gone too much. Yeah. Then without a wife, there's probably no way. Yeah. They just like yeah. moved on. Wow. Weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Yeah. And the kid that he adopted, like, said he was a great dad. He was awesome. And he never yeah. remarried nothing. He just lived his life by himself. Wow. He's like, this well, marriage. He's like, look how my parents' marriage were. Reoffending. And then I that guess weird, using right? his life for good in the war. But wow. His penance. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Maybe he did get the help he needed because you said it was for like 
it was a hospital that he went to. Yeah, he went to yeah, a so maybe he And did. it wasn't, you know, I mean, a lot of those places weren't amazing, but it was the turn of the century. They mm-hmm. were getting better. They were learning more. You know, unfortunately, people did lobotomies and shit like that coming up soon after yeah, that I, bit, I'm but... just wondering what happened to him in there. If, yeah, I know. You know. Well, he I... was perfect. Like, he was literally never supposed to get out. So, obviously... He was good enough that they're like, why is he even here? Kind of mm-hmm. thing, probably. Yeah. Like, just, wow. Yep. Oh, that was good. Weird, right? Yeah, that was really weird. Lots of twists and turns. <laughs> Not what I expected at all. Wow. Now I'm going to be thinking about that for a while because now I'm like, mm-hmm. I have all my theories and. Yeah. Wow. That's all I can say. Was, oh, was sorry. Good. One more. Oh, the what? other thing I had as a thought, too, is like they never showed up to school. Was it because they had bruises and marks and injuries and their mom was like, you can't go to school because people are going to tell? And so they were just marked as truant and bad kids. Oh, yeah. Maybe she wasn't feeding them and they had to steal money. They didn't say what they used what the they, money for yeah. when they would take it. Yeah. So you really oh, just... It really could have been an abusive si- situation, but we don't know. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And they're oh. all passed away now. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Well. With Think that. about it forever. Yeah. Now I am. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, stay crafty. And not cry me. Bye. Bye.